Hey guys, and welcome back to Lumis Maxima, the podcast with bright ideas about all things Harry Potter. I'm Sarah. And I'm Delaney, and we're your hostess with the most. This podcast will contain spoilers, mature language, adult themes, and a lot of opinions. Each week, we analyze Harry Potter themes, content, characters, and more. And we even do some extra stuff to keep it fun and fresh. Now that you know the deal, let's get into the real stuff in this week's episode. Hey, welcome back to Lumos Maxima. It's finally here. It Mm. is the episode that nobody has been waiting for. (laughs) You have been waiting for for it. (laughs) You've been waiting for it too. I mean, you just went through the horror of it. I did go through the horror of it. That is true. But I did it because you wanted to do this episode, so... Well, I mean, I, it's part of the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, we are I know. Legally obligated to do this episode. If you haven't guessed by now, it's time for our cursed child episode. Um, mm. We've talked about this a lot, mostly negatively, since basically the start of the podcast. So I guess it's finally time to just go yeah. ahead and do it. Delaney was super brave and just read it in like the last like two weeks or so. Yeah. Um. So we both experienced the print horror that is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, or just Cursed Child, depending on what print you get. Depending on if you think it's actually part of the series or not. (laughs) Which is hotly up for debate, and we will obviously get into that. So before we get too far into it, we'll throw a quick weekly wizarding question, which this week is, why did Merope... We're going to go with Merope. 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 We, we question that every single time. We're going every with Merope. Why did she name her son after her father? His middle name is Marvolo. Uh-huh. And her father was literally awful. She's literally becomes a squib because of him or almost becomes a squib. She may be. Oh, see, now I'm not going to be able to remember the name of what happens when you suppress a wizard so much. There's a name for it. Obscurus. Thank Um, you, because I was blanking. So why would she give him the middle name? I think that this is actually more common than we like to admit, that the um, individuals who are abused pass on things from their abuser to their children um, intentionally, unintentionally. I've seen it a lot with, um, like social work where the kid's named after the dad and the dad beats the shit out of the kid. Like it's, I don't know why it happens, but I know it's a thing. Um, in terms of just the wizarding world in general, I would think that, I mean, at one point they were a prestigious family, obviously they're Mm -hmm. not anymore. Um, but I mean, passing names down is just, it's family tradition, I would have to say. And so she did it a little bit out of fear, a little bit out of reverence, neither correct or incorrect. Um, but that would be my guess. I don't think that she did it because she was like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't really know. And I don't really know why she chose that name in particular. Like, I feel like there were other family names that she could have chosen. I don't know. I just feel like it's weird because she like truly from the very beginning of like that entire scene that we see like she hates him like she uh, yeah it, it, it like they go to prison and she's like throws a party not really but pretty much so, i mean she runs away with you know anyways whatever i mm, yeah so i, I would feelings. say 
she probably does it because that's what people do. That's yeah. how it works socially, especially in really, really small communities when family names have a lot of weight to them. Um, and in the wizarding community in particular, it seems like people are very caught up in the genealogy of it all. So that would be my only guess. Um, an unfortunate situation, nonetheless. Ridiculously unfortunate. I mm, I just hate it, like, a lot. Yeah. But that's okay. So, that's so okay. speaking of unfortunate situations, let's talk about Curse <sighs> And um, other things I hate. <laughs> yes. So here's a little bit of a disclaimer of sorts um, yeah. before we like go in on this. We have both read Cursed Child, but neither of us have seen Cursed Child in its play form. And, but, and, and on that note, would you actually go see it? I would go see it out of morbid curiosity at best. I certainly wouldn't pay an arm and a leg for it, which is what tickets seem to be. So I might have to wait, you know, many, yeah. many years for it to not be so expensive to go see it. Agreed. Um, That's where I'm at. Just they, We have both um, read extensively through the reviews and write-ups and mm-hmm. all the pieces of news that have come out about it and fully acknowledge it is intended to be a play and have a play delivery. So there's a lot of tone verbal cues facial cues etc that we may not have picked up on when we were reading it however However. not enough not enough to make this story suddenly awesome yeah um things that we don't have issues with hermione being played by a black woman that's awesome a little bit that's rocking like uh i have no issues with any of the casting which i know up front them before people actually really read it people's big issue was that hermione was black that's so stupid don't think that that's even remotely an issue i think all the issue lies in the story so yeah agreed um i'm gonna hit you guys with my ranking up front so that you can have a little idea of this i give it a two out of ten and think it's a generous score yeah i give it a 2.5 out of 10 um just because i do feel like there are some parts that would probably be cool on stage and it's like Looking at it as a fan fiction is not the worst thing in the world I've ever read, but looking at it as a continuation of the story, it is the worst thing I've ever read. So, yes. yeah. Kind of um, but... To put it in perspective, my average ranking, I went through the books today and I ranked them 1 to 10. Oh, wow. My average ranking was like an 8.2 for yeah. the stories. So, yeah, super, super low um, in terms of the other books and movies and everything that's come out i mean i liked fantastic beasts more than this and you guys know how i feel about fantastic beasts so yeah Yeah, so some background information um this is actually written by jack thorne and john tiffany it's not written by jk it's supposedly based on an original story that all three had input on but but the extent of jk's (laughs) input appears to be she said yes you can use the names of the characters have already created and then decided that she wasn't going to background screen any of this and just yeah. go ahead and let them make the characters do whatever she so pleases. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick. Are Jack Thorne and John Tiffany British or American? I, I think that they're British. Interesting. But I don't, but I don't know. Okay. Because when I was reading it, there were, multiple points where i was like a british person did not write this this is so american the slang the way they're saying it no um john John tiffany is from the united kingdom Uh uh-huh and jack thorne quick little google reveals um 
Jack Thorne. They're both British. Is British. Yeah. So everyone's British. Damn. Um, I was thoroughly convinced that they were not. Right. So one of the biggest problems is that this is kind of like, I I don't want to say hack job because I'm sure that they put plenty of work and time into this, but it feels super disjointed as a text, which maybe that's one of the elements that as a play, it can kind of get rid of. But it feels like it's been written by multiple people. It's like when you see a group presentation and it's super obvious that more than one person has written these sections. Yeah. Um, and it just all feels wrong. So yeah. those are the authors. To reiterate, not written by JK, which was, I think, one of the most upsetting parts for me. Because me she was releasing it into the Harry Potter universe and she was truly marketing it as her own. I mean, if you look at the original cover, she's her name is in like 72 font and everyone else's is in like 12 font um it should be the other way around so yeah great this is this book this play is set 19 years after the end of deathly hallows it focuses on mostly harry and the relationship he has with one of his children albus severus who is about to start at hogwarts um we get lots of fun characters that we know and love although not as we know and love them yeah um we got Ginny as a mom and the editor of the sports section of the daily prophet so she doesn't play professional quidditch anymore um harry is a dad he's got a desk job as the head of magical law enforcement at the ministry of magic um hermione is a mom and then she has like more than one job at the ministry but she ends up as the minister of magic eventually yeah um and then Ron is a dad. He's an or for a little while, but he ends up working mm-hmm. at the joke shop with his, <laughs> I wrote brother's brother. Wow. Brother. Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. But he ends up working at um, Weasley's Wizarding Weezes. So mm-hmm. characters we know and love. Um, not as we know and love them, though. I really felt a huge disconnect between the characters that I have read seven books about and seen eight movies about. Me too. Um, and the characters that are actually written. And I got to say, there is not a single character that I think that they developed appropriately, including Hermione. And she's one of the only bonus good things about this for me. So, yeah, just... the, I, I mean, I, I really actually genuinely enjoyed Scorpius, but that mm-hmm. was about it. And he was like a side character almost. Yeah. So. If you guys don't know who Scorpius is, um, you'll find out in about two minutes. Yeah. So this was released print and show a day apart um oh no maybe they're released on the same day i think the play I think they're was, released on the same day i think the play was one day before the print or something like that but they were both okay. released in uh end of july 2016 okay so okay. we've we've absolutely waited enough time to not have it be a spoiler but don't worry we'll tag this as like a spoiler and put it in the title and everything else because there will be someone who will click on it and be like me, 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 me. And or like, maybe Whatever. we won't and we can tell them to go fuck themselves yeah <clears throat> I've been listening to a lot of my favorite murder podcasts, and they don't same. give up. They don't give a fuck, and neither do I now. Yeah, same. So, I'm on um, episode like 33, by the way. Anyways. Call your dad. You're in a cult. <laughs> if you guys don't listen and you oh. enjoy serial killers and stuff, go listen to them. Their podcast is like 85 times better than ours. Yeah, um, but that's all right. So, here is the first part about this that pisses me off. So I hope you guys are ready to get into it. I'm ready. Um, in around like 2012, 2013, it was proposed that JK was going to write a prequel mm-hmm. and that the book that was released, that was a play, would be a prequel talking about Harry's early years as an orphan and an outcast. And it was confirmed by JK that that's what this would be about. And I was mm-hmm. 
very excited because I Me thought, too. awesome. I fucking love prequels. Bring it out, baby. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not what got delivered. We got a sequel, kind of sequel, that whole she new storyline. Even a writer for. that she wasn't a writer for. Um, there's a lot about it, obviously, that I'm sad about. But so that that already several years ago just put a bad taste in my mouth about the whole thing because it was confirmed people got excited about it and what we got delivered was literally it could not be more opposite so a little bit about the storyline it opens at king's cross albus and rose who is um ron and hermione's daughter are going off to hogwarts for the first time albus is super afraid that he's going to be sorted into slytherin we get that nice little callback you're like oh it's cute he's just like his dad not at all. Nope. Um, Albus instantly becomes friends with Scorpius Malfoy, the son of Draco Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's a Slytherin. And then Albus is also sorted in Slytherin. And you're like, what? Um, Rose is sorted into Gryffindor. She becomes really popular. Albus is like kind of a magical slut. Like he doesn't yeah, he show is. he doesn't show any aptitude whatsoever. For, for anything. Any, for any class that he's taking. And you're like, dude, your parents are so hella talented. Yeah. Um, so anyways, they're, Scorpius and Albus start to become friends. They're both kind of outcasts because Scorpius's birth is something that people talk about all the time. And you're like, why? And we don't find out for a while why. Um, so that's really annoying for me. That everyone talks about like this tumultuous rumor, but no one talks about what it is. For, like, a, a long time. Like, for a lot of pages, so. For for a lot of pages in this book, at least, yeah. Right. And this book is, like, I don't know, maybe 400 pages or so. I'm not sure how long it is. But it's not. It's not super long. Oh, it's um, not even 400 pages. What? It's, like, yeah. it's not. It's, like. It's, like, it's under 300. Yeah, under 300, for sure. It's a, it's a play. Like, it's a play play. So. Right. Um. We cut away from Hogwarts. Draco is being tormented by the idea that Voldemort has used a time turner and has impregnated his wife, who he marries Astoria. I don't think we ever really hear about her. And that she gives birth to Scorpius, who is Voldemort's child. So at this point, I'm like, you've totally lost me. Um, Voldemort having babies. Like, we haven't even confirmed that he's able to have children because he's, like, not really alive. I, the whole thing this is yeah, where it got weird well. this is where it got weird for me <laughs> once it got weird for me i really started to lose interest not because it's not an interesting idea um but because it's just so it's so not on brand with harry potter yeah i guess mm-hmm. so draco goes to harry he's all like have all the time turners been destroyed i really want to make sure they're all gone Harry's like yes the ministry did that then he gets visited by amos diggory good old cedric diggory's dad and his niece delphi um and they're like hey go back in time and save cedric you pronounce and it delphi yes how do you pronounce it delphi okay uh we'll call her lady d um <laughs> let's not call her that <laughs> they're like go back in time fucking save cedric and harry's like we're probably not going to do that. All the time turners have been destroyed. So 
We cut back to the Potter household. Harry and Albus have like this really weird relationship for whatever reason. That's so weird for like Harry. No reason at all. No. Harry is like a family dude. And in this book, he's like the dad who just can't understand his 14 year old daughter. It's very weird. I really hate it. Um, Harry gives Albus this baby blanket. The gesture is like kind of empty. They argue about school. And Harry says that he wishes Albus wasn't his son. Yikes. So at this point, I'm like, I might as well just stop reading. There is no way that Harry would ever in a million years say this to his child, knowing what he's been through and what yeah. kind of family he longs for. He finally gets it. There is no way that this is the character arc that I'm following. No way. I'm not, not going to do it. I, I actually don't think the baby blanket was um, empty. But yeah, everything that happens after it is just ridiculous. It's, all, it's like someone had never read Harry Potter and was like, mm, let's make him an asshole. Like, and, and not only that, like, let's do like the typical, you know, a parent can't understand their misunderstood teenage like, right. child. Like, oh my God. Play that. You could not play a trope up any more than they did in yeah. this. So yeah. Albus goes back to Hogwarts. Harry's scar begins to hurt. You're like, oh, no. So we cut Also, to... it doesn't really make sense. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. Voldemort's dead anyway. Anywho. So Albus and Scorpius are, like, best buds. And people at this point were like, Albus and Scorpius are, like, together, right? And JK's like, nah, brah. So... They offer to help the Diggories use a time turner to go back and stop Cedric's death. I'm like, where'd you get the time turner? So yeah, they got this time turner. They use Polyjuice Potion to Ooh, then break into the ministry. Me, don't get me started on the Polyjuice Potion. Don't they use get me Polyjuice started potion. on it. They break into the ministry and they steal a time turner and they sabotage Cedric so that he's like, not going into the maze when he would have been going into the maze. So I get questions. One, why is it so easy to break into the ministry? Did we not learn our lesson? Um, two, they use polyjuice potion. Which one of these magically inept children is whipping up polyjuice potion? That's not my um, issue with it. Three, where'd they get the hair? Yes, that's the issue. That so, is the issue that as soon as I read it, I was like, nope, nope. No, 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 no. So we've got a lot of plot holes. The ship is sinking quickly. Yeah. Um, Harry and Draco figure out that Albus and Severus have been time turning because they're time there turning. when they <laughs> pop back. The time turner only has a five minute limit. <laughs> like, okay. Stupid. Um, so the Bane, if you remember Bane, great callback. This is one of the only callbacks in this that I like. They. Yeah. Uh, Bane's like, hey, there's a dark cloud all around your son, Albus. And Harry's like, yikes. And then he's like, hey, Malfoy, uh, dark cloud around your son, too. You got, you guys got shit kids. And yeah. so Harry's like, stay away from Scorpius. Obviously, that's not what happened. Yeah, clearly. Um, then shit starts to change because they've been messing with time. And unlike Hermione, who was, as we remember, super dedicated and careful with it, and I think used it appropriately, not for what I would have used it for, um, but she was like, she was very on top of making sure that everything she was doing fit in a timeline. Mm -hmm. They totally ignored that. So when yeah, they completely. get back to this timeline, Ron is married to Padma. Um, why can't I? Patel? Patel? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> guys, 
I'm not going to lie. I've got NHL hockey in the background. It's playoffs and we're recording. So what up? Yeah, and Padma. I'm absolutely he's married, exhausted. He's married to one of the twins. Um, he and Hermione never got together. She's a teacher at Hogwarts and Albus is in Gryffindor, which I don't think that this would be the worst timeline that they could have had. I it fully fits better disagree. To me. It fits I... better to me. I see Hermione as a teacher. I think that that would have been a good role for her. I don't think it would have been as ambitious as she could have been, but I don't hate it. I don't Albus hate her as a teacher. Gryffindor. I hate who she is when she's a teacher. But mm. anyways. Well, so they, she's like kind of still like into Ron at this point. It's all very weird. She's but... like abusive she's she's uh scorned i would say she's scorned yeah and like takes it on on children like another person we know who was snape. a teacher yeah snape Severus um snape. yes so they they go back in time again and you're like stop fucking using the time turner you don't get it Literally, they sabotage though. cedric's second task so now when they get back because that'll scorpius make it better is, scorpius is like where's albus and headmistress umbridge Ugh. call back says that Harry Potter is killed during a failed coup at the Battle of Hogwarts and Albus doesn't exist because Harry and Ginny never had kids. So now you're like, I told you to stop playing with the time turner and they're like, whatever. It's whatever. So Scorpius goes to Snape, who's still alive. Weird. I Um. don't. And we see the person that Snape would have been if he would have been alive, but it's not who I would have made Snape be. Not even a little bit. It's no. like it's uh so um Scorpius is like no Harry's alive just in an alternate timeline and Voldemort's dead and Snape's like yeah that's good I'm going to help you and you're like no you're it not It doesn't Snape. make any sense but I do no. I don't I don't hate the whole Harry and Ron being like I don't know I mean I What's can the word? I can see Harry and Ron being dead or I mean I mean Hermione wow I'm tired <laughs> ron and hermione not being together no the the part where they're kind of like still fighting the good fight like in like in the underground i kind of like that but so snape takes them to the order of the phoenix which is like kind of an underground militia resistance group now yeah which i think is just the full potential of what it was meant to be yeah (laughs) um agree and they use the time turner again and you're like stop fucking going back in time and they go back to the triwizard tournament and albus can't cast a spell on cedric so when they get back ron and hermione have been killed by dementors and snape is murdered so at this point we're running out of people to kill the timelines are like and this is this is why i think we should see it as a play because this particular recontinuance of a time turner as an element in a continuing story makes it very confusing to keep your timeline straight. Yeah. So rather than seeing these characters, you're reading and then basically like flipping back. And it's like you're just starting the chapter over, which actually happened to me because I had a misprint. But in (laughs) the regular one, like it's still happening. So you're very confused. Yeah, Um, it's a little hard to follow at points. Yeah. So Scorpius goes back in time again and finds Albus alive. And Scorpius is like, Let's just destroy the time turner. And this is the first time that you're like, good job, Scorpius. Yeah, literally. You though. had you had a good idea. Um, they give it to Delphi, but then find out she's not a diggery. Bum bum bum. This is the keep the secret hashtag that you saw for like the last forever years. She's the daughter of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Which she reveals triumphantly, and you're like, 
yikes i don't yeah. think that that's something you're like shaka about i don't that's like that at me. all no um we'll get into it so delphi's like go back in time make voldemort the ruler humiliate cedric or i'm gonna kill your best friend so she takes him back to time back in time tortures them in the maze um but somehow gets hit by cedric so everyone picks up the time turner destroys it and then the boys are just stuck kind of in limbo but don't worry so <laughs> don't Harry worry comes to save the day. <laughs> yes because it just wouldn't be a story without it so only thing that's accurate <laughs> the only thing that's accurate is harry's like i have my spidey senses are tingling yeah. so <laughs> there albus and scorpius are transported to the day that harry's parents die and delphi in her like bad guy monologue is like i'm gonna stop voldemort from killing harry so that um he doesn't get like the curse rebound and they're not linked and stuff and he can just like throw the baby out a window instead and like none of this will happen and it can just he can just be like the supreme overlord mm-hmm. and everyone's like yikes Um, so albus and scorpius somehow send a message through the baby blanket because they're writing on it in the past and it's appearing in the future so the baby blanket gets to come back around as like important and shit and you're like "Eh." it's it's um it's It's weird best (laughs) (laughs) so then draco is like um actually i've had this time turner the whole time and we're like yeah I fucking bet, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, and it works better than the other one. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't have a five-minute limit. They can just basically go wherever they want. This isn't yeah. like a knockoff time-turner. It's like a good time-turner. Yeah. So the whole gang, Harry, Ginny, Draco, Ron, and Hermione, travel to Halloween Eve 1981. They arrive. Voldemort transform or Harry transforms into Voldemort. Questions. Yeah. Um, Delphi talks about how she's the child of an affair between Voldemort and Bellatrix. Yikes. What? That is just, you just have, you, you have no chance at that point. Um, then Harry's transfiguration is like wearing off. One, when did Harry gain the ability to do transfiguration? Well, he didn't, remember? Everybody and their mother did like a joint spell to transfigure yeah, on him, him into Voldemort. True. So Delphi's like, oh shit, that's not Voldemort. They duel albus and his dad duel they beat him they hear voldemort coming basically harry just has to watch his parents being murdered to make sure that none of the timelines get messed up um i feel like that wasn't necessary but i mean it it is though because any difference in what happens on that night alters the course of it forever but here's my thing how the hell did he know what happened he was a baby all he knows is his parents died. That's the only details he knows. So why does he need to stand there and look at it and make sure that everything's correct? He doesn't know what's correct. Anyways. Well, I, think, well, I, mean, I think it's just saying, like, he had to watch and not interfere with them being murdered. Mm, I don't know. I feel like they could have left before that. But, you know, that sounds like a personal choice. So but. they get back to the present. It's all good and great. Harry's like, I'm going to be a better father. Dumbledore and Snape were great but flawed so don't worry about living up to accomplishments like just be chill Albus is like okay I'm like 11 so whatever um they're filled with hope for their relationship and you're like um and then like on a side on a side tangent Scorpius asks Rose out and everyone's Mm -hmm. like oh so they're not like Scorpius and Albus aren't together um and that's how it ends 
Yeah, that's it. That's literally so that's, it. That's, so that's my 12-minute breakdown. Um, you guys don't have to go read it now. I did yeah. it for you. Yeah. Although we did talk about how I had read this, like, summary before. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, it's 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 not good. And then I read it, and I was like, this is actual it's, garbage. It's yes. so much worse. It's so much worse than you expect it to be. Like, I, which... I thought the plot was the worst part, and it's, it's no. truly not. No. It isn't. Um, so let's talk about the good stuff first. It's okay. short, and we'll get it out of the way. So okay. for me, um, Hermione is super ambitious, and I think that fits her character well. And she eventually becomes the Minister of Magic. And I think that's awesome because I think it's very fitting for her. Yeah. That, that's about where it ends for me. Yeah. And I would like to tack on that I do really like Scorpius as a character. To me, it was he was the most enjoyable part. Scorpius is the least traditional Slytherin that's portrayed in the Harry Potter series. Yeah, and I love um, it. And it doesn't fit the general Harry Potter vibe to me because people are, maybe this is the progression that, you know, we're all hoping for where it's 20 Mm -hmm. years later and like the house system doesn't matter as much, but there is like nothing having to do with Hogwarts really in all of this. No, I agree. Especially through the characters. And I mean, it was so important for the original trio to, you know, have house pride and do things for their house and stuff. So it's totally left out. Yeah, no. and, I, and I do totally. agree. I don't really necessarily see where he is in uh, Slytherin, perhaps, like, mm-hmm. in, in general. But I think that as a as, – okay, so, like, I'm trying to find a glimmer of hope in this entire thing, right? Uh-huh. And I actually genuinely enjoyed, like, Scorpius as a character most uh-huh. of the time. I was like, okay, the way he talks, some of the things he's saying, like, it seems like an actual, real, developed character, mm-hmm. while everybody else seems like – they Garbage. just became a character yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. So that's, it's I'm trying good. to find a glimmer of hope, and he made me laugh <clears> a little <throat> bit, so mm-hmm. there was that. I And I didn't hate Ron, but I also feel like it wasn't really Ron. It was like it a wasn't mix really of Ron, Ron and the twins. Yeah. it's They try to add some humor and a little levity to what is like a pretty heavy book at its yeah. core by making Ron even more so um, the comedian and the clown, and it's it's so forced it for is me forced. It's that too it much. just it's like if you told someone about Ron's character and was like, all right, now make it super exaggerated. This yeah. is what you get. Yeah. So it's it's an extension of Ron. It's just one that's so overdrawn that you're like, <laughs> yikes. Yeah. I mean, like, like there there are some parts that are like semi okay. And then yeah. but there's some things like it's like they're just pulling on what the twins were and adding it to Ron. And just, like, being like, that's him now. Because, like, Ron was never really much of a jokester. But, like, no, Ron, it's a big Ron part had, of like, his character in this. Ron had, like, some dry humor and yeah. some, like, you know. But he he was he's funnier in the books than he is in the movies. Yeah, definitely. Certainly. But his his main role was not to be comedic relief no. for a majority of the books. So, no. so it was, was, it weird. was weird and forced. But... So that's is that it for the good stuff i feel like that's it for the good pretty much i was reaching with ron yeah so i'm just trying here so many issues let's start with characters because i think that's that's it one of the that's at the core of my hatred for this particular adaptation and add-on is that no one paid any 
homage to the original characters. And it's like the people who wrote this had never read Harry Potter before. They had never interacted with these characters. They'd never analyzed these characters. They had never heard of these characters. No. They could not have been more off the mark with the, like, what you would anticipate these characters to be than they were. For them, like, I think for almost every single person, like... Harry and Ginny are bad parents. That alone is enough to make you be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, no, they are. mm. Ginny comes from a huge family. That's super close. So I just basically doesn't have a personality in this entire thing. Ginny is barely there. She is bland AF and that's not Ginny. Harry. It's like, it's like they watched one movie maybe and then wrote this. They watched. Yeah. They watched Sorcerer's Stone. They're like, excellent. That's not e- that's not the even. end of it. <laughs> you know what I think they watched? I think they watched um Order of the Phoenix. That's what I think they watched. And everyone's just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Yeah. Cuz that's like it where like Harry is at like his like sassiest his, and that mean right. a little but, bit, you know. But I think Harry's that's what it is. not even he's not even sassy in this. He's just like no, he's a right. parent who thinks is like so nervous about being a parent that he can't parent basically and basically although i'm sure being a parent is very nerve-wracking particularly um, when you don't have parents Ginny and harry were both involved with the weasleys a ton and harry's been around a family enough to know how parents function and harry had guidance from people like lupin and sirius and arthur weasley who can show you how to parent like it's Harry's also experienced a really bad parenting system with the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. He knows what's good and what's bad. He's also not dumb and he longs to have a family. So for him to like get the family he wants and then it just to really seem like he is skull wandering it is like, I hate it. I and hate what they I did with ha- it. I hate it too. And <clears throat> the number one thing I hate about Harry's character in general is that he, in all of the books, is actually really understanding and accepting of people like of everyone literally every everyone person. yeah except for snape and alfoy a little bit but even at the end he's like yeah yeah so yeah I, <sighs> right he's he's super intolerant i mean he's i like, can't even form sentences that's how much i hate this he he like gets along with malfoy better which is like we see the development but like barely of that, right we see the development of that kind of during the epilogue at the end of deathly hallows um i feel like, like i feel like it, it, he was better like friends with him in the epilogue than he was through in this entire book like it's like they, they took like five steps back right they like tolerate each other on a professional level which i think is that i can see like yeah i can see that they like i don't think they'll ever be they, buds they both work at the ministry and they have to be able to get along on like a day-to-day basis but they're certainly not going to be having dinner at each other's houses that dynamic i think was nailed yeah that's about it I mean, that's about it. Yeah. Hermione and Ron, I will say, Hermione and Ron's relationship is pretty much what I would have thought it would have been. They are not necessarily happy. Um, See, I didn't the get that they weren't happy. I did not I, get that. I thought that things were very tense for them a lot of the time. And that their so out of all the relationships their relationship is the one that changes through each timeline that they go on yeah and i i think that that is one of the only nods towards the original storyline which was they weren't supposed to end up together but they ended up getting written together so uh-huh. that i didn't dislike 
but I also didn't feel like it like added to the story for me no, for their relationship to keep getting changed. No. Mm-mm. So it was weird. Ooh. Um yes, there's just so much misrepresentation misrepresentation of characters and it kind of annoyed me because it almost seemed like they thought maybe we were stupid and wouldn't notice. <laughs> That they they had, thought like, we were stupid and wouldn't notice a lot of things about this book that I right. immediately noticed. And yes. I was like, are you kidding me? So the next is they've made um, Amos Diggory a bad, vindictive person. <sighs> yeah. Which that, I didn't like that at all. Right. We're not going to do that. Amos Diggory uh, loves his son. He wasn't the nicest guy of all he time. Was, he, was, he was a big, humble bragger. And he yeah. was super proud of his son all the time. But... I like, he was think... annoying, not, like, a horrible person. Right. So, and it's it's supposed to indicate, like, the grief of losing a child has turned him mad, and he will do anything to get him back, which I'm sure is a very valid feeling if you lose a child. Yeah. But most people aren't like, let me go... Destroy like, the world. Right, exactly. Let's let's just undo everything that we've worked really hard to do, um, because... Amos Diggory, based on the, I would say, pretty limited text time that he gets in the original series, mm-hmm. um, seems like he would have grieved and mourned his son deeply and then moved on. I mean, I don't think as, he ever move on. But right, as, he, much, he, as much as one could, would have, would have accepted that the, it was the unfortunate reality and that he was going to have to learn to live with it in some way, yeah, not and, do and I, what have him do yeah and i also think you know he works for the ministry i think he's not an absolute idiot when it comes to screwing up the timeline and what that could possibly mean i don't think he would ever be like i don't care about anyone else go back and save my son even though it's going to change the course of history i don't think he would do it i just don't which is exactly what they have him do (laughs) pretty much yeah exactly um then we've got the introduction of delphi delphi um out of out of left field she's not even hinted at like there's they don't even talk about the diggeries having like some relative that like they never hang out with or anything like <laughs> she's just super th- random she's just there um obviously she's a huge part of this story but she's just there she's the only new character in the entire thing because well, even even the children yeah, even the are children named were there. in the epilogue. Mm-hmm. That's true. So yeah. she's the only new character, and she is like out of left field. And her character is written to be like sneaky all the time. It's awful to read. It's like it's like it's reading so the dialogue that goes through a cartoon bad guy's head is yeah. how she talks. And you're like, what? is going on with you as a human but not even not even it's so much worse than that because it's like that like bad guy dialogue you know monologue kind of going on but then also on top of it like she's pretending to be this like the trope of um i think we've talked about before the trope of like the the um heroine and like uh, young adult books of like like giggly and like bubbly but like Like she's clumsy and like yeah and they like i hate it she's like older than the boys but like she's got which is but she's like creepy by the way she's like flirting with them and so they feel like special and albus is like oh like i think she's into me and you're like she's like 20 or some shit and you're 11 yeah like, i was gonna no, say like dude, she's not in it's you. creepy as hell it's, if we're being honest with ourselves yeah and you can tell that the people who wrote this play 
don't spend a lot of time around children because none of the dialogue that Scorpius and Albus have are for the most part even remotely realistic like not even like the oh, it's phrases, just, it's so awful. It's so the awful. Timing, that's why I was, the topics. Oh, my that's God. why I was saying that. Like, there's no way that Brits wrote this because, like, some of the slang and everything that they use. I'm like, this, this is either, this is either Americans pretending to be British or British trying to pretending to be Americans. There's no way. I think that, it's ugh. British adults trying to be children. It was awful. It wasn't it's even British so, slang. Oh, it's so bad. And it was you, truly horrible. You can read all of the summaries in the world, but it will never capture just the, How horrible the level of awkwardness and the the just complete lack of like interaction correctness that one has. So even if you read, like even if you agree with all this, you should still read it. I still think the Harry Potter fans should read it so that they can then move past it. You have to read it to process, grieve, and move on. Literally, um, though coming from me who i was like nah it's whatever i already know it no 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 no, you don't know it and look i kept telling delaney it gets worse and she's like i know what happens like i know and i'm like no it's not about what happens it's about how it's so right it's so right it's so bad you guys you don't even know it's so Um, bad so then we've got a lot of polyjuice potion being used which is (gasps) like okay okay it's a okay it's it's a callback (laughs) Which you're like, oh, Polyjuice Potion, I know about that. And you're like, they yeah, need hair to it. do it. I do know about that. we know mm-hmm. what happens in Chamber of Secrets when Hermione has a cat hair instead of a human hair. Like, we know. So for them to use something that is easily the most recognizable plot devices in Harry Potter inappropriately, you're like, they have to think that we're stupid. Yes, because I, the second I read it, I was like, where's the hair? Where that? How'd you get it? they don't mm-hmm. mention it mm-hmm. nothing it's just like it doesn't happen and then the play the, the part that makes me even more mad about it is that so at the beginning they just pretend like that's not an element and then later when they're talking about how harry's going to turn into voldemort harry was like no no we have to have the hair of him in order to be able to use it so mm-hmm. wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute delphi delphi whatever she didn't need it but you need it what I, this is this is one of the things that I honestly I think this is the thing that bugged me the most. If we're gonna be honest with ourselves, I think this was it because it was like you said, like do they think we're stupid? Right. It's it's such I'm so worked uh, out. <laughs> it's such a recognizable element of Harry Potter. Had they chosen some different potion that kind of did a similar thing, probably wouldn't have been an issue. No. But they didn't. And they gloss over a lot of what makes Polyjuice Potion unique in that it takes a long time to make. It's very difficult to brew. You have to have the hair of the person. None of this is addressed. So it's it's just something that's being used as a really shit plot device. Yeah, it's, which, it's really like they didn't mm. care. Like, they didn't care about any of the details. And that's what irritates me the right. most. They, there is a just a general tone of lack of attention to detail for characters, for plot elements, for storyline cohesion, for all of it. And it is so frustrating to read because we waited years to get more stories out of this universe. And this is what we were given. And it's like, ugh. and this, again, this may be part in the play where it's uh, shown that they're collecting hairs, but it's not spoken. But you can write that into the script. They have to know what they're supposed to be doing. 
we would have seen it. I was going to say, because we are reading. <laughs> no, we are reading the script, and we absolutely would have seen it. So, super frustrating. Super Extremely. frustrating. There are so many plot holes in this that you're reading it, and you're just like, uh, yikes. Um, it's so and bad. honestly. I think that they used time turners because it gave them the ability to copy and paste the first 10 pages of each scene because it yeah. starts over at the same place every single time. So they didn't have to write that much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, you know, um, wrong. So, a lot of issues. My biggest issue with it, and biggest in terms of, I guess, characters, because really my biggest issue with it is that it's not what we were promised and they just didn't care when they wrote it, really. It was right. it was carelessly pieced together and presented really as, careless. A, as a money-making venture at best yeah, me, as a reader. Um, but they turned Cedric Diggory, who, although gets very little page time, we know is a wholesome, good person who is the representation and embodiment of a Hufflepuff like mm -hmm. you know just really pure wholesome person and they turn him into a hungry revenge seeking monster yeah it's and horrible. that is how could you do that to a character whose death was used to signify such deep things go back a couple episodes and you can learn about it mm -hmm. his death was used in such a poetic and potent way and then you just turn him into someone who's like, I'm mad that Harry Potter won. I'm going to fuck it all up. Like, no. I, that, yeah, no. I so strongly disagree. Oh, my God. It's horrible. It's absolutely it's, horrible. It's literally, again, it's just, it's just the ultimate form of, like, they didn't pay attention. They didn't care about the integrity of the story. They didn't care about the integrity of the characters. They didn't care about paying any kind of attention to detail they just wanted to slap some harry potter names on it and call it a day yes and it's super frustrating because cursed child has long been hailed as glorified fan fiction and yeah. if you peruse the internet long enough you will come across stories that have and hold a lot of the elements of this mm -hmm. of these stories so it really seems like they just combed through and chose like four or five pieces from a couple different stories and that's what it was and honestly which is, which it, is frustrating it is so frustrating frustrating and honestly if this were just a piece of fan fiction on the internet i'd be like okay cool they right did some they did some interesting stuff sick but for it to be an actual like jk stamped of, of approval a, a branded item yeah i hate it yes and there are fan fiction stories out there that are so better, much better better writing better character development who actually do the research and take the time to develop a character appropriately yeah and they are getting shut down on the internet for using harry potter characters and then oh. this is being marketed and pumped out to people across the globe. People are paying hundreds of dollars for tickets to see the play, which I mean, I guess it's a play and that's what people pay for it. But I'm, and to be fair, the reviews for the play are pretty glowing. They say it's a pretty good play, but yeah, not, um, not because the story is good though, right. because the acting is good and it's fun. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone be like, oh my gosh, Cursed Child is just the best and most wonderful representation of the development of Harry Potter characters, but like, nobody no, says probably, that. It's probably just entertaining, which I fully get how it could be entertaining on stage, right. but... Right, but not it, entertaining for Harry Potter. No, no. Yeah. Slap some other names on it, and it would right. be fine. And this is the discussion that we've had a lot, which is literally, if you just 
gave the characters different names and just said like, oh, these people were in Harry's class at Hogwarts, mm-hmm. but, you know, they and Harry were never close. Uh, this is their story. D- totally okay. Totally, totally fine. Okay. You can make these characters whoever you want, but you chose, you as in the writers, made the active decision to base it on characters that we have spent the last 20 years with. Yeah. And that's not okay. And they spent because, 20 seconds on them. Right. They were like, oh, Harry Potter? Yeah, I've heard about that. That's the kid with the scar and the fat cousin. And you're like, I mean, technically that's true, but also... And they're like, no, no, we don't have time for the also. Like, we just know that he's, like, the guy with the shaggy hair and the glasses. And you're like, I mean, and that's it's not technically wrong. And and what's so but irritating... But it's wrong. It's, it's so wrong. And what's so irritating to me about it is that, like... They could argue that, you know, there are so many characters and there were eight books in the Harry Potter series or seven, whatever, seven books in the Harry Potter series, eight movies um, to develop these characters. But they're already developed. What's your problem? You like completely just like changed course. They were pre-developed. I mean, they they end the books as adults. Yeah, And we, we get a small glimpse of them as adults, adults. But I mean, at the end of the books, at the end of the... Like, at the end of The Wizarding War, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are, and Ginny, everyone who is involved, is an ipso de facto adult. Like, they will not change who they are significantly in any way, shape, or form from that point forward. Yeah. And so that's, and that's my parenting, big issue. Is parenting that they do change. changes stuff. I'm sure parenting makes it a little harder. But there are basic elements of the character that will remain. Yeah. And they are completely left out. Yeah. And it is just, it's heartbreaking because I was so excited. Yeah. I was so excited and it just turned out to be the biggest disappointment. So JK, because you listen to our podcast, <laughs> I want you to know that I'm very rarely disappointed in JK, even with all the weird shit she does on Twitter. Like I love her writing mm-hmm. and I know this isn't her writing, but she no. put her name in 72 point font on it and Absolutely. shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you, JK Rowling. I, I do. You, I do for agree. what you did. I do yeah. agree. Also, Albus is one of the worst characters I've ever uh, experienced. Um, he is you a little thought, shit and I hate him. If you thought Harry in book five was annoying, oh my wait God. till you meet his son. Also, I didn't Holy think Harry crap. in book five was that annoying. And um, no, just to just... put that on the record. But, oh my God, he's a little shit for, for nothing. For absolutely for, nothing. For nothing. He... They try to make it seem like he's somehow struggling with the fame and history of his father, which I'm sure to some degree is a real and valid feeling if you have Absolutely. a famous parent. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't cripple you. No. Like, you're not unable to be a human being because your dad did something once. And, like, like the whole baby blanket scene just irks oh me God. to my core because I thought that was the little glimmer of Harry. Just I a thought little it was bit. A, it, it seems like a kind, genuine gesture. Yeah. And like, it was it just didn't... like a little bit of glimmer where they're like, oh, they, they did know that Harry was a good person. Okay. Right. They, and they a lo- did I mean, get that. <laughs> they, they leave out, for making Harry and Albus the main characters, they leave out all of Harry's qualities that make him a character that you can stomach for seven books. Yeah. Because there are a lot of qualities about Harry that could be very annoying if they were the only ones that he had. Yeah. However, he has a whole slew of really great, wonderful, deep, genuine qualities, which make him very relatable Mm -hmm. and very palatable. And they decide to just 
uh, just do away with all of it. So and, and and that whole scene, oh, it's just sorry, my dog, stop, <laughs> stop, stop doing dog things, stop doing dog things. Um, but uh, that whole scene annoys me because Harry is like trying, and Albus is being a little shit, and then Harry reacts in a way that. Harry would not react. It's so uncharacteristic. It's so uncharacteristic, but it's not like completely out of the realm for a person to react like that. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's mad at Harry. Mm -hmm. You realize that Albus is being an absolute little shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like Harry reacted out of, you know, being really pissed off, which wasn't Harry. But if we put another name to it, I'd still be like, this kid was being a shit for no reason. So, yes. (laughs) You know. Still shouldn't have said it. But, but, but also, yes. Yeah. But also, you're human. Yeah. And your and, kid is a shit. And basically, that is Cursed Child. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, under any other name, by any other person, if they had just not put JK's name on it, if it was just the other guys, and they I, just, like, pirated it. We wouldn't even be talking about it, to be honest. It would have been fine. Like, whatevs, you know? Um, or even like so, you said, if it were different characters, like if Albus different... wasn't Albus and he was like another Diggory who like wanted to save Cedric and this whole thing happened with like everybody else being a side character. Yeah. Fine. It'd be fine. Yeah. But it didn't. But it didn't. So we are giving it an average of 2.25 stars out of 10. Nice. <laughs> um, which is very new. And, and probably still generous. And probably still generous. And despite that, still encouraging people to read it so that you can experience (laughs) the hell for yourself. So you can experience the crap that JK does for money and also just grieve this part of the world of Harry Potter and then just let it let it die. At least there was detail and attention brought to Fantastic Beast. This was just trash. Yes. Mm. Uh, Okay. So now that we've done that, what are the hosts loving this week? Go for it. Because we took, so we took a break last week because we were ramping up for this. And this particular episode took just a lot more time to put together than we had anticipated. And we're really busy. And tired. So I'm, (laughs) and just exhausted. So I'm going to do two. Last week, I was loving the My Favorite Murder podcast still. It's been, I've, I've already had it once before in Mm -hmm. this little segment um really enjoying them haven't gotten to the episodes where everything falls apart for being racist yet so we'll see if i hang on after that wait what yeah so there's a big scandal i guess about they made a t-shirt about a summer camp thing and they use like a tp on it and people are like hey that's probably not great and the host ignored it and then they just like that's how the facebook page got deleted it was over this i didn't know their facebook page got deleted I'm yes, on episode the face- 30. The, the Facebook pages that they have now are all fan run. The, oh. the host ended up deleting the Facebook page. What? But I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. It's not to like episode 85 or whatever. Oh my um, God. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see if I can stick around after that because nothing annoys me more than when people who run a social platform get feedback and are just like, whatevs, which also <sighs> happened recently with Potterotica, which is now Fangasm. And that was super disappointing. So, guys, if we ever do anything like that, check us hard. Yeah, for real, please. Hard. Please, please, please. Um, so, I mean, despite all that, I'm loving their podcast. I fucking love serial killers <laughs> um, and, and just murderers in general. So, that's it. And then this week, I'm loving Kodiak Cakes, which if you don't know what they are, 
They were on Shark Tank many years ago, and I actually saw the episode and was like, eh, you know, that's, like, kind of cool, um, and never bought the product until, like, a couple weeks ago, but it's, like, a protein-based pancake, and they're so delicious, and Harry and I have eaten waffles every day for, like, two weeks now. Nice. Um, so it's really delicious, and it's, like, a small – It's a, it started out as a pretty small company, obviously, if they went on Shark Tank looking for money. Um, and they've just done really well and they've got a great product and I'm a, I'm a breakfast fan. I could eat waffles and eggs and shit every day. And I am. Yeah. So here we are. So well, that's what I'm loving. Nice. Well, I also will do too, I guess, but it's kind of not too because my second one would also be my favorite murder, the podcast. Yes. I got Delaney listening and she also loves it. I do. I absolutely love Which it. Is- which is hilarious because Delaney fucking hates horror. So, so okay, I'm a very weird human. I <laughs> love true crime. I do uh, special effects makeup as a, like, hobby. But I hate horror movies and I hate haunted houses. But give me a, like, ghost tour. Give me, like, real stories of true crime and I'll be here for it in a second. But yes. I hate horror. I don't know. Yeah. But I, we both love the podcast because we have, like, fairly dark senses of humor as compared to the average American. Yeah. And we are pretty sarcastic. And a majority of what they say on that podcast is something that I have said at some point in my life. Oh, definitely. So, definitely. So, yeah. Great podcast. You guys should totally listen to it. Unless you don't like hearing about people being murdered. And then it's probably not for you. Yeah. So. I mean, I can't say that it, like, makes me super happy but no when i get done with an episode i'm like i'm okay i'm good i'm good yeah the episode i just listened to they're like yeah so i'm in your lifetime you'll walk past 36 killers and i was like i was like yeah i don't know i lived in florida for a while it's probably like twice that high yeah probably um (laughs) and i can't uh lie when i'm in a like elevator by myself or like walking through a parking garage or something i'm a little more paranoid since i've gotten back on my true crime kick but you know it's fine that's what one of my favorite parts about their podcast and we'll just be a podcast that talks about their podcast um (laughs) One of my favorite parts about their podcast is they're really, really big on making sure that you are putting your safety before other things. So one of their phrases is fuck politeness. Yeah. And that's not to say that you could just be an asshole, but never put yourself in harm's way because you have to be polite. And this is definitely targeted towards women, but never let that guy buy you a drink because you're being polite or walk you to your car because he says he wants to. If If you get an icky feeling... It's it's for a Just, reason. Your yeah. body knows. Yeah. I don't know how or why. I don't think science will ever figure it out. People have done extensive research on it. But if the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, walk away. Yeah, for real. Be be confident in yourself and walk away because, you know, when you get murdered, which happens, it happens to women all the time. They're being polite. They let the guy in to use the phone or whatever. And shit happens. So don't be that person. Mm-hmm. Fuck politeness. Yeah, agreed. And uh, okay. call your dad. What? You're in a cult. Call um. your dad. You're in a cult. Oh, my God. I want to get the t-shirt so bad. Yeah, that one's funny. So bad. Okay, what else are you loving um, this week the, instead of last week? Yeah, so the other thing I'm loving is actually, um, so I got a manicure for the first time in, like, five ever. Good for you. Yeah, and I, so my I, manicures never last on me, ever. They, like, Do you get chip. the dip? 
okay so I just got um a gel polish but I got them like shaped and everything because my nails actually grow pretty long by themselves oh that must be nice it is I I rip mine off (laughs) yeah well I used to rip mine off when I played softball and so now I'm like oh wait my nails like grow long and they look fake by themselves sick so then I got them painted with the gel polish which even the gel usually only like chips after four or five days and it has been eight or nine days and it's still on and I'm like really stoked about it so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm loving (laughs) that's nice I used to get I guess acrylics Mm because I didn't know there was a difference between that and dip powder yeah I I don't do like nails and shit guys like I just I have a tube of mascara that's six years old okay that's just throw that away and please that's that's what my sister please throw that away um Mm -hmm. and my sister was like yeah so dip is like way better for your nail and like all this other Mm -hmm. shit like just don't just ask for dip so I asked for dip um and I didn't know that I had to say I didn't want an artificial tip so they still glued shit to my fingers I was like why do I come why do I do this by myself I'm never happy whatever like that's normally how I felt until this manicure and I feel like a new woman I'm glad that you were empowered by a manicure thank you I um am empowered by watching hockey fights so we just all do different shit yeah um now that we've gotten on a train going in opposite direction of this episode and we've hit 60 minutes (laughs) holy shit um Thank you so much for listening. This mm-hmm. has been our Cursed Child episode. We thought about doing it in two parts. It just made more sense to lump it all together so we could stop talking about it. Yeah, because I want to stop talking about it. Be advised, I will still complain about it on a semi-regular basis. I want to pretend like it never happened, personally. but Oh, you know. no. I can't let shit go. I'm a grudge holder. I am, too, but I just let it stew in me for a really long time until I explode. Oh, no, I like to let a little bit out at a time so it doesn't get too bad. Um, (laughs) That's probably a little healthier. If you agree with how we feel about Cursed Child, you should share this episode with a friend so they can agree, too. We have great episodes coming up. We are going to get into our character series where we've picked a select group of characters to dive deep into. Uh I should not phrase things like that we're gonna pick characters to do a good analysis of yeah Um, and we've got some really great ones on the list i think they're characters we try to pick the most controversial characters um Mm -hmm. and we're gonna Mm -hmm. have guests on for one of the first or for the first time have our first guests on um during these upcoming episodes so super exciting stuff for the podcast yep 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 we'll see if the technology works uh yeah it is a learning curve that is straight uphill so (laughs) get get excited um go on to whatever listening platform rate review and subscribe to the podcast where you can if you can share it with people share it if you can like it like it we love getting five stars that makes us feel good we'll read your reviews good bad or indifferent on air if that's something that you're into Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and i know you can do it on apple podcast i'm sure you can do it other places i use apple podcast though so i don't know (laughs) same same you can reach out to us with comments, questions, feedback, topics, and more. Instagram at Lumos Maximum Podcast, Twitter at Lumos Maximum Pod, and via email at Lumos Maximum Podcast at gmail.com if you've got super long stuff to send. And we will also read that. And we've just got so much big stuff coming up. So bear with us as we work through the technology that we will need. Um, yeah. And in, until next time, we'll see you next time. Bye. Wow. Until next time, we'll see you next time. <laughs> she is so mean to me. I'm trying to do like oh, a smooth whatever. criminal outro. You know what?
Bye. That's the problem. You tried to smooth criminal outro. Okay. Anyways, bye. Bye. <laughs>